Is Dabo Sweeney really against the transfer portal? How does he truly feel about it? Why is he so particular about the players that he wants? I'll tell you next on the Locked On Clemson Podcast. You are Locked On Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Clemson family? Welcome back to the Locked On Clemson Podcast, your daily podcast covering your Clemson Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find and follow me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. I am a national scout over with the Draft Network, the founder of the scouting room. And of course, you already know, part of the co-host team of the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. And guys, Happy Thursday. Thank you all for joining me and making Locked On Clemson your first listen today and every day. All right. Thank you all for being my everydayers. We have a good show. We're going to get into Dabo Sweeney versus the transfer portal. Is it really a battle? What is is it just a narrative that's been painted by the media and fans? What's the truth about it? Uh, Dabo, uh, and, and it looks like Kate Klubnik has been com- compared and comped to former Clemson great QB Taj Boyd. So we're going to get a little bit into that. And how good is offensive tackle Colin Sadler? I'm going to tell you all about all of that coming up next. But before that, let's give a quick shout out, guys, because today's episode of Locked On Clemson is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Dabo Sweeney. The narrative that's been brewing for quite some time is Dabo Sweeney hates the transfer portal. That Dabo Sweeney doesn't want to go after the any players in the transfer portal. That he's stubborn, uh, you know, all that good stuff, right? And, and someone called into uh, Dabo's weekly radio show, I think it was Monday night, uh, callers, you know, just kind of, Praising the coach, right? Praising Coach Sweeney and saying, oh, man, I know you get a lot of criticism, the caller said, but, oh, my old dabble stubborn. He doesn't want to go to the portal. He's not stubborn. He's principled, and uh, thank God for that. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't share those sentiments. I think that's kind of a weird stance to have. But uh, Dabble went on a long uh, – shout-out to Clemson, uh, 24-7 Sports Clemson edition. They talked about how he went on this winded, long-winded monologue. And he said that people talk about – kind of just saying, people talk about the uh, about this portal all the time. Do I prefer the portal? No. But am I opposed to it? No, absolutely not. Um, okay. And then he says, you know, um, this is his quote. And there is not – ever a spot that comes open on our roster over the past year or so where we have not said, do we take a portal guy? Sweeney said to this point, outside of a couple occasions, there have been two or three great ones that we thought would help us. But guess what? They got to love you too. Just because you want them does don't mean they want you. And then other guys that we have evaluated, you know, and then other guys we, that we have evaluated, but we like the guys that we currently have, we have conviction. You never, you never going, you're never going to make everyone happy. There's always going to be criticism, especially when you have success, which is good because people care. That is fine. We're not sitting here today 
Uh, I, you know, we're not sitting here today. I would have been gone a long time ago if I ran this program the way everyone else wanted me to run it. And I agree with that to an extent. You know, if you didn't do what you felt was the way of building this program, you probably wouldn't be here today, right? Because what you did, it worked. Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson, Taj Boyd, it, it, everything you did for the most part has worked. Now, is there some validity to you not going in the portal? Yes, there's validity to that. Okay, when you think about a Keon Coleman, and, and I and and I love the and I, I will I love how he he worded that that the players have to love you too, and I think that's one part that people have to reel in, right? Reel reel in those emotions, bring them in, guys, because yes. Dabble could have maybe, like I said, Keon, I'll bring Keon Coleman up because he went to a rival, a team that we have to see next week. So Keon Coleman, Jaheim Bell, right, all those guys, they they into the transfer portal, left their respective schools to go to Florida State. Now we got to deal with that problem, right? We got we have to deal with that. We have to. There's no other way around it. We have to deal with it. So, okay, cool. We deal with it. Is this to say that Dabble wasn't interested in Keon Coleman? I don't think that's the case. I'm, I'm pretty sure he was interested in the big six foot four, two hundred fifteen pound, athletic specimen and, and beast receiver that is Keon Coleman. I'm pretty sure that this man wanted this young man on his team. But like he said, the players have to love him too. Now, what I will say is this: Dabble has been against, like he, he has been against the portal in in the, in the sense of, like he said, do, do I prefer it? Right? He wants to do the homegrown thing, and I totally get that. But why would a player want to enter the portal and come to Clemson? What incentive is there, right? Dabo, if I remember correctly, had an issue with NIL before NIL became a full-fledged thing, right? I think, I, if I remember correctly, didn't he even threaten to quit? Because, it, like, if NIL became uh, became prominent that he would leave college football or something like that, maybe I'm mistaken. I don't know, guys. Maybe I'm mistaken. I just remember seeing reports of that back when it was supposedly said. So if that's if that's the case, right? Why would a player say, I want to go play, I want to enter the portal and go to Clemson where NIL isn't the biggest factor for them and they don't care as much about the portal anyway? Uh, he prefers his homegrown guys. And then he, and there's something else that he talked about was just culture fits. And, and that's a big part, too, guys. Like, and, and to his defense, yeah, you can't sell your soul and say, let's go get this guy who has a trouble pass, and because he's great at football, let's go make it happen. No, Devil's not rock- he's not rocking like that. And I wouldn't rock like that either. I'm not going to tarnish my legacy by going and getting someone that has a checkered pass, like a really true checkered pass. I'm not talking about the media, media fluffed up checkered pass. I'm talking about you go and look at his background check that, you know, you submit a background check and his background is loaded with problems. No, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, no, absolutely not, okay? Eric Gilbert at Nebraska just got arrested for what, armed robbery or break, B&E, breaking the entering or whatever he was, right? This young man is going through going through things mentally, but he's got a, he's got a checkered past, right? I wouldn't say Dabo, go get this young man. Yes, he's talented. One of the best players, in, one, of the best, one of the most talented players in the country. But you have to be able to fit the culture and not be in trouble. So I get Dabble with that. So when it looks at Dabble versus the transfer portal, I, 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 I understand both sides of the argument. I understand where Dabble is coming from. Culture matters. The players have to want to come here. But I also understand the naysayers that say, Dabble, you don't even like the portal. Dabble, your stance on NIL hurts you in the portal. Dabble, 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 and then Dabble goes back. I, I, I get both sides. 
So when I look at the situation, I would like to say I, w- I would like to see him attack the portal a little bit more. Right. And I can say he, he, he says that we did. You know, there was a couple guys we wanted, but they didn't want to come here. So then you got to kind of figure out. All right. I want you guys to remember, like, think about this. Les Miles, right? LSU. Uh, pro- they were prominent with them. A dominant team, all that stuff, right? Why did Les Miles get fired for Ed Ogeron at LSU? One of the biggest reasons was because he didn't adapt to the times. So instead of trying to run, you know, 48 uh, strong toss, you know, 42 power pitch, instead of running these old school 1970 run plays in a passing game, you know, flip that. Instead of running the passing concepts in a passing game, he ran those old school run concepts. That hurt him and his teams weren't able to be successful because he was holding them back. Now, I'm not saying that Dabble's holding holding Clemson back. What I'm saying is this. You don't want to get into that situation where you're now less miles in this thing where you just don't adapt, Dabble. You got to adapt. And if that means finding ways to get more NIL opportunities and finding ways to convince guys to come through the portal, that matters, man. That matters. Okay? It does. Because at the end of the day, like, the portal is free agency. And the highest bidder wins. The best the best situation wins. So you got to give these young men some reason to come. Give them incentive to come to Death Valley, right? Give them incentive. And, and, and go from there, man. Jameer Gibbs, one of the best players in all of college football, went from Georgia Tech, where people didn't know how good he was, and went to Alabama. What through the transfer portal? Why? Because Nick Saban says, I will absolutely use the, the transfer portal, right? So that's all I'm saying. Quinn Ewers dominated you know, Alabama last weekend for the University of Texas. Where was he at before? Ohio State. Joe Burrow, LSU, he was at Ohio State. The transfer portal matters. It's just all about how you work it and everything else. But I do like I, said, I, I agree with both sides. You guys let me know in the comments how you feel about the transfer portal and should Clemson be more aggressive? Should they kind of lessen their – strict rules when it comes down to culture fit. I don't think you still want people to fit the culture, but if you're trying to find choir boys, I don't know. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. I don't think that's the the, the, the right mentality to have. But, guys, you want to talk about mentalities, K-Club Nick, Taj Boyd, is, is that the comp we're going with now? We're going to talk about that uh, and how I feel about it coming up next on the Locked On Clemson Podcast. With storms, shortages, pandemics, reliance on China, and other supply chain issues. We need to be prepared now more than ever. Guys, everyone should feel and be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during times of unexpected uncertainty. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to the best medication in a time of need and emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy, medication, delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared, all right? So save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using the promo code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. QB1, K. Klubnik, improved from week one to week two. And the head ball coach, he saw it too. He saw it as well. And he did a, did a, did a thing. He, he's done some, he's throwing out some, uh, some comps this offseason and everything. And he comped 
QB1 K Klubnik to former Clemson great Taj Boyd. And, you know, just kind of talking about the improvements that he saw from week one to week two. And, you know, in that dominating second half versus Charleston Southern. And one of his quotes was, he just talked about, man, you know, I mean, again, just settled down. We did a lot of good stuff, but we just we just put ourselves in the hole. Uh, you know, he said that the halftime message, that was, his, you know, his halftime message. And then, you know, we had, you know, then really they then they had really like three really bad plays and they were all three plays on the quarterback. And he said he's just got to kind of hang in there with them. And he just talks about kind of being patient. Right. He said kind of reminds me of Taj Boyd in 2011. Those first couple games where I thought Chad Morris was going to eat his headset. And sometimes you just got to play your way through it a little bit. And fortunately, fortunately, today we were able to do that. Right. And he just continues to talk about with Cade. He said, you know, all all right, you know, all right. Well, first of all, he says it was a great day to be back in the valley, always fun and all that good stuff. He said, you know, living here, you drive by uh, it all year long and it's just really cool. He just kind of, you know, some fluff, right? A little, you know, a little fluff. And he just kind of went into, you know, just being thankful to have his uh, his 100th game in, 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 in Death Valley. And just, again, talking about Cade and Cade settling down and, and, and being patient with Cade. He said, obviously, the two critical errors by Cade kind of got us off to a bad start there in the first quarter, put us in a hole. But it's not an, a, 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 but it's not an easy position to play. Talking about quarterback. Uh, and you find out a lot about people when you hit a little adversity. And as I always say, it either shines you up or grinds you up. I like that. I like that. He said, "All it all depends on what you're made of. And this, uh, and that this kid's made of all the right things. And I saw him respond in a big way. And you got a chance to see what he can do. He made some big plays with his legs. He threw for you know over 300 yards, four touchdowns, and just settled in. And that's what we needed. We just needed to get that that kind of settle in a bit and allow him to calm down and watch him. And he said, I'm, I'm just really proud to watch him bounce back. And, and it makes me and – I, and I said this, right? I think I said this on the live stream. Just be, be patient with Cade. Be patient with Cade. Uh, I would say give Cade the same patience that we gave DJU. Now, there are a lot of you. That were on DJU's neck, and it was you know it was not it was not right to be on his neck because it wasn't just him, and he wasn't even the biggest part of the problem. But the same thing with Cade, man. I I, I like that Dabo talked about that and used that Tosh Boy comp because yeah, 2011. I could pull that up for you now, real quick. Tosh Boy, you know he he, he did struggle a little bit, you know, in, in 2011 and everything, and or just that that, that season. So it's like okay. 2011, you know, what did the 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 season and that game log, right? For that season, 2011, he he, he threw for 3,800 yards, 33 t- uh, touchdowns. He threw 12 interceptions. He played 14 games that year, right? He, th- he played 14 games. Now, let's look at the game log. Let's see what the game log looks like, okay? Let's see what the game log looks like to start that season out. And, you know, he was solid, right? He was solid, but it still took a little bit statistically, Right, you know, 264 first game, three touchdowns and an interception, 261. You know, that's when he started to pick it up, you know, in week three, week four. But even then, then he kind of hit like a little little spatter, a little, a little rough patch, weeks uh, five and six. So it was like a, like that year was just kind of up and down for, for, for Taz, right? Like even week 12, right, against uh, South Carolina, he was 11 to 29, completing less than 38% of his passes. He threw 83 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Against Wake Forest that year, he threw for 343, but he threw two two picks in that game, right? He lost to Georgia Tech 
uh, as well. With you know, he threw for less than fifty-eight uh, percent completion, less than three hundred yards, and two interceptions that that season. Right, he finished that that like not even just a start. His his start was solid. It was the end part where it was like in that end towards the middle, the middle and the end of that season. He struggled. So that's when he's talking about that 2011 year wasn't the best for Taj, right? But you saw Taj bounce back after that. And it's like, okay, just be patient. I don't want anybody to say K-Club is not the guy, right? Because the very next year, 36 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. He completed 76 Oh, oh, 70, uh, 67, I'm sorry, 67% of his passes on Mataj because in 2011, he completed less than 60% of his passes. His yards per attempt went up. All of those things. So just give K time. Give him time. Be patient with him, guys. And I think if we do that, we're going to be happy. I think everybody's going to be happy with, with the development of K. And it, like I said, it's just got to allow it to play out. Um, I think he's going to have a, I think he's going to have a strong season. I do believe he's going to have a strong season. And I think if we, if we, Exercise some patience, allow him to develop, allow him to, to, to get settled early. I, I, that's what I'm waiting on, guys. I'm telling you, that's what I'm waiting on. I'm waiting to see K Clubnik get settled early in games. Because if he gets set, settled early in games, man, we 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 could be in a, a you know, we could see a, a powerhouse type of situation where he's out there slinging it and running the ball and he's just in a zone. We have yet to see him get into a zone. So far this year, where it's just like he's like he got into a zone. I think he completed like what ten or thirteen somewhere in there straight completions in that in that third quarter uh, versus Charleston Southern or something like that. He had a nice little run, <clears throat> and he was into a zone there. But I don't want to say okay, yeah, these dump offs and stuff like that. Like just everything, I want to see him in, get into a zone. And I think when we see that man, we can really see the the fruits of of, of the labor. But uh, you know, one of the big things for him is protection and helping in the, the offensive line has to keep him protected so he can't get in said zone. And I, I do, I do like the Taj Boyd comp that 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 Coach Sweeney threw out there because Taj Boyd's first year as a starter, 2011, was kind of up and down, topsy turvy, right? What I'm hoping for is that the the topsy the, the 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 rough patch, the the up and down, is at the beginning of this season, right? The first two weeks, and then it's more so smooth sailing and coasting, not coasting, but smooth sailing for K Clubnik rather than having all the ups and downs throughout the season with turnovers and everything like that. But like I said, if you want him to take that jump, you want him to get better, you got to protect him. And I'm going to talk about one of our young offensive linemen, Colin Sadler. How good is he? And should he be into uh, thrust into the lineup? I'm going to tell you next on the Locked On Clemson Podcast. Guys, trying to buy tickets for your favorite events should not be stressful. But it can be, especially if you wait to the last minute. Typically because at the last minute, you're trying to hunt down the best price, competing with other buyers, and trying to avoid being scammed and, and, and dealing with scalpers. But let me tell you about game time. It is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater needs near you. Guys, they have flash deals and last-minute tickets. Their tickets are easy to find and buy for every kind of event in your area. You're going to love the seat views, the images of the seat views, so you know, okay, if I'm going to sit here, what does my view look like? I love that part of it, okay? And, and, and not only that, guys, but right now, Clemson fans, Saturday night, your Clemson Tigers host the Florida Atlantic Isles. You want to go to that game? You can go for $27. Just Download the Game Time app right now. Game Time app has that at this particular moment. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. How good 
is young offensive tackle Colin Sadler, 6'6", 325 pounds. Well, he's only allowed in two games, right, in 57 total blocking snaps. He's only allowed, uh, what, one pressure, one hurry, right? And he's played, and, and he's played, you know, 54 of his 57 snaps played at left tackle. But this most recent game against Charleston Southern, he did play three snaps at right tackle. So he's got 54 snaps at left tackle, I'm sorry, and then three snaps at the right side. So how good is he for a 6'6", 325-pound guy? One of the biggest thing that you notice, and I think, you know, when I look at, like, because Blake Miller's 6'6", Trisha Lay is 6'6", Colin Sadler and Trisha Lay are kind of built similar kind of boxy, strong, physical frames. And one thing I like when I watch Colin Sadler, just in those limited reps, is just his hands, man. He's got a strong upper body. He gets his feet settled, right? He can anchor and stop momentum. And I think he's athletic as well. And I don't even think he is athletic. I think his footwork and quickness and his kick slide and everything and his jump sets and quick sets is really good. I think this young man has, you know, uh, more than functional arm length and wingspan. I've said this, and I'm going to say this again. He should possibly be looked at more in this game at right tackle because if he can play better than Blake Miller and give more protection, put him in there with Cade. I think Tristan Lee and Colin Sadler should be your starting tackles, left and right tackle. No disrespect to Blake Miller, but, man, I just don't like the movement skills. I don't like the redirection, all right? I don't like the fact that he bends so much at the waist and not at the knees. I have concerns next week with Florida State coming in. But with Colin Sadler, this kid can play, man. He's good. He's physically gifted. He's strong. He's athletic. He plays with good, or you know, good, uh, a good pacing and tempo and temperament in the run game as well. Now, when you look at the PFF grades, again, I'm not one that takes their grades too serious, right? Because I, I don't really, I don't really go with their grades. I look at more of the normal numbers and stuff, right? So week one, he, you know, 25 total blocking snaps. And he his offensive blocking grade was a 48.7. He had a 45 uh, run blocking grade and a 58 pass blocking grade. Then in week two, in his 32 snaps, blocking snaps played, he had an offensive grade of an 89, uh, 87, almost 88 uh, run blocking grade, and an 83 pass blocking grade. No pressures, no sacks, no QB hits, no hurries allowed in week two. So the grade went up. All right. But at the same time, like I said, for me, and not only did the grade go up, like he the, his snaps went up, right, in this game as well. So, and, and the crazy thing about it is like I, I noticed that in the Duke game, he came in for Tristan Leif, you know, in the middle of the game. And he came in, you know, for Tristan Leif again in the middle of the game, you know, versus Charleston Southern, especially, you know, once they pulled the starters. But I do think that he's good enough to start at right tackle and be an impact player for your Clemson Tigers. I truly believe that, guys. I truly, truly, truly believe that he could be an impact player for your Clemson Tigers. Man, you want a guy that can come in, step in, and make the necessary plays that's going to help your team get to the promised land. And I think being able to protect and having two bookend young tackles that are physical, gifted athletes, good functional, more than functional arm length, can really move people in the run game. They can pull and get out in front of the running backs, you know, on the on those GT counters, right, or those pitch plays or outside runs, right. Be effective, uh, you know, space blockers in uh in the screen game as well. And at the end of the day, if they can set the outside, protect the inside, 
redirect and, and run guys around the arc. If you try to cross face, they can get their hands on you and stop you dead to right and keep Cade protected where Marcus Tate, Will Putnam. That's why it's so important for me, and I keep harping on this. The tackles, man, the tackles are so important, guys, because of the fact when you have two bookend tackles, that I, always say, I keep saying this, tackles and cornerbacks are the only two positions that they tell you be on the island and win against a better athlete than you that's attacking you while you're retreating. And if you have two tackles that can do that, that you can put on an island, you don't have to block, keep a tight end in the block. You don't have to tell a running back to chip all the time. You can go one-on-one with your two tackles. Your three interior offensive linemen can handle two other rushers. If they want to send a blitzer, you know what I'm saying? You can duo and climb. You can double team a guy if a, if a free runner tries to come late or a delayed rusher, delayed blitz. Now that, that's, that, that other offensive lineman, once he knows, hey, you got him, you got him, and now you jump off and grab that, that linebacker that's trying to delay blitz. Those three interior offensive linemen can help each other, work as bumpers, like I said, double team, all those type of things, man, and keep the pocket. You want to turn that pocket into almost like a like an in. Right where it's like it's just oval, and it comes down like this here, right? So or, or like a, a U, just upside down, an in. So you make the pocket like that where it's just curved, and now he can step up, he can slide, he can move wherever he wants to move. Talking about Kate Clement, and that's that's the thing. So I think Colin Sadler, man, how good is he? I think he's really good. I think he's really talented. He's young. <clears throat> he's he hasn't started. So yes, like I'm not saying, hey man, you know. No, I am saying it. You might want to start him against <laughs> against Florida State and, and, and instead of Blake Miller, man. I just think that that's a that's just a tough ask, and I think I don't think Blake Miller is physically capable of dealing with the type of rushers that they have. If he if he proves me wrong, I'll come on, I'll walk onto this show and I'll say kudos and tip my hat, my cap to 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 uh, Blake. But that's just how I truly feel from watching the tape and watching his physical limitations. And so, how good is Colin Sadler? I think he's really good. He's really young. He's really talented. He's physical, athletic, gifted, all those things. I want to see him play more. I want to see 60 snaps from him this week. I would love to see 60 snaps. And then you make that decision. Do you start him or Blake Miller? You look at the film and say, okay, against Florida Atlantic's D-line, who played better? Against Duke's D-line, who played better? Against Charleston Southern's uh, defensive line, who played better? And if the answer to all three of those is Colin Sadler, then you start Colin Sadler heading into the Florida State week and allow him to get those reps in practice. That's all I'm saying, guys. But, hey, how good is Colin Sadler? I think he's really good. We just have to see him in the full in, 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 with the full workload. But, guys, that's our show. Like I said, talk about how good, uh, you know, offensive tackle, sophomore, young offensive tackle Colin Sadler is. Kay Klubnik being comp to Taj Boy and why I agree with it. I think it's a really good comp in, in terms of the, the context that Coach Sweeney put it into. And Dabble Sweeney versus the transfer portal, it's a tale as old as time at this point. I understand both sides, and I think there's a common ground that can be met. There's got to be some some shifting on some on, on coaches' personal beliefs or, or personal, uh, you know, his his vindication. But other than that, I I, I totally understand and I I rock with and agree with how he feels for the most part. But guys, that's our show. Thank y'all for making Locked On Clemson your first listen today and every day. Uh, thank y'all for being my everydayers. Go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube. Wherever you listen to podcasts, get the latest episode as soon as it is available. I might just break down Colin Sadler on the Patreon account, guys. So, uh, you know, you want to go watch, you know, watch me break down just his, what, 32 snaps. I think he had 32 snaps. So, uh, you know, watch me break down that. I, I try, might try to bring that to you guys by Friday afternoon. Friday evening, I'm sorry, before the game on Saturday night. But, guys, like as always, man, uh, you know what you can do is find and follow me on Twitter, 
at DP underscore NFL. Guys, let's get this channel up to a thousand subscribers, man. Go hit the bell notification so you're notified whenever anytime I drop content on the channel. All right. So on tomorrow's show, we're going to get into the final preview of this game and uh, the three keys to victory. We're going to talk about that and the X factors. So as always, guys, come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Go Tigers.